So we've fallen down an epistemological black hole. We are in an epistemological nightmare at the moment. Now, what is epistemology, Kyle? Well, epistemology is the theory of knowledge, especially with regard to its methods, validity, and scope. Epistemology is the investigation of what distinguishes justified belief from opinion. So basically, how we know what we know, and whether or not what one person's opinion is has more weight than what someone else's opinion is. This is really simple. If you ask a car mechanic about how a car works, they're going to have a more informed answer than a, I don't know, someone who has no idea how cars work. Cars aren't necessarily that complicated, but I think you get the point. Anyways, how we know what we know. It's getting real tricky lately. For example, today, I logged into my Facebook, uh, like a good little social media uh, worker bee, and I was given a notification about uh, their fake news guidelines, how to spot fake news and, uh, you know, fake news postings and the, like a rating system that they're going to try to implement, which is laughable. I mean, the idea is just funny. Basically, people are going to mark stuff they don't like as being fake news, you know, regardless of the actual source or the actual validity. But, uh, you know, so it still falls on you to follow some basic protocol here. When when you see any source anywhere, <laughs> any source anywhere, especially on the internet, uh, you know, you need to look at the URL, you need to look at when it was posted, when it was written, you need to look at how many ads are on this site? Like, if it's crazy full of ads, you're probably in a clickbait uh, hole. Anyways, this is just one example. And Facebook can try to, you know, police the fake news all they want and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, for example, if you saw a posting to, you know, my blog, ksouthsblog.blogspot.com, and it says the Kyle Style Podcast, which this is the Kyle Style Podcast, by the way. Uh, you might go, I don't know what that is, that's fake news. Okay, that's fair, I'm not a news outlet per se, but if I have a podcast that says 2 plus 2 equals 4, and it just happens to not be CNN.com, that's not fake news. This is my opinion, and my opinion can be more informed or less informed, just depends on the subject, so we're going to dive into some shit here and talk about how no one knows what they're talking about. And it's, it's kind of interesting. So, welcome back to the Kyle Style Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Kyle, and this is my style of podcast. I'm doing it right now with my shitty intro. Anyway, head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design. Pick up some of my original artwork on shirts and phone cases. And you can even get, like, clocks, wall clocks, handbags, all that good stuff with my original designs on it. And I get a portion of the proceeds and you get some beautiful artwork in your life, right? Or head over to the GoFundMe page, throw me a couple of dollars. It's much appreciated. Uh, so going back to Syria again, it's it was funny because I did my last episode, American Indifference, about how eh, we probably won't do anything about this gas attack in Syria and the Syrian civil war just keeps going on. Eh, we're probably not going to do anything and no one cares. Well, not, not but a few hours later, <laughs> after I'd had the posting up, uh, there it is. Uh, you know, Trump orders, 
you know, 59 Tomahawk missiles launched from uh, two ships out in, uh, in the Mediterranean there. And they launched into Syria and struck the uh, airfield, the Shirat Air Base. Now, this has just, it's almost maddening trying to sort this thing out. So this is the best I can do. I came away from the various news coverage uh, with unanswered questions. And my unanswered questions basically go like this. One. Was the attack, that the gas attack that we saw on video with the people gasping for breath and dying, right? Was that even real? There are people who say that it's not even real footage. Okay, that's the first point. Second point, did Bashar al-Assad, the, I guess, president of Syria, did he order this attack, right? Or was it some other source? That's the question. Now, the third question is, was that, a counterattack, even effective, right? The fog of war is heavy on this one. Like, did our missiles hit the targets, and did the targets actually matter, and what was the effect of this thing? And then the fourth question is, how will Russia respond? Because Russia is kind of the flypaper in this situation. They, they are really, they're backing Assad, and they're kind of holding up the peace process, and... and supporting Assad no matter what apparently so if they can pin this call it war crime on him intern at an international level it will put pressure on them to pivot but I'm getting ahead of myself so the first question was this attack that we saw on video even real 70 plus victims you've got uh today it was uh the World Health Organization and representatives from Turkey I guess saying that yes sarin gas was found on these bodies now, unfortunately, I don't trust Turkey anymore. That's just kind of the, the, the situation. Like, the, Turkey is, you know, using refugees. They've weaponized their refugee population to, to leverage Europe to get stuff that they want. Uh, I don't think that Erdogan is uh, a good actor in this thing. So I don't necessarily under trust them. If it's the World Health Organization, that might be something different. Um, and unfortunately... There are there is kind of a tradition of this uh, fake uh, tragedies used to start wars, and I don't mean 9/11. I think 9/11, 9/11 pretty much went down according to that official narrative. So if you're like a truther and that makes you mad, you can turn this off right now. But you had I forget the name of it, but it was the Kuwaiti baby incubator story. You had the girl reading the thing before Congress, uh, before the first Gulf War about how. Uh, the Iraqi soldiers took babies out of the incubators and left them to die and stole the incubators because I guess they didn't have incubators in Iraq, so they were stealing them. That turned out to be, like, what, the daughter of, like, the ambassador from Kuwait or something? It wasn't just some random girl, and that never happened. The Iraqi soldiers, you know, or at least this girl never saw it. The account isn't real uh, of Iraqi soldiers stealing baby incubators, okay? Not true. But it was used to demonize, uh, you know, the Iraqi annexation of Kuwait and launch a war. You have other ones that go further back. You no, know, the Gulf of Tonkin incident allegedly just didn't go down the way that the official story said that it did. And we got into a very protracted war based on a false tragedy, right? You had 
uh, an attempted one, Operation Northwoods. This was, you know, same sort of era. Uh, the, what is it, the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, came up with this harebrained scheme to fake blowing up an air an American airliner and blaming it on Cuba so that we could invade Cuba as a pretext for war. Um, this is really creepy, and it didn't go through. Obviously, we never invaded Cuba, but it's an example of apparently how some of these people think in these you know circles of power and everything. This is how they they think about this apparently. Like they thought that they thought that Operation Northwoods thing up and then they actually wrote it down and they passed it around. And they signed it. Right? Like nobody said, "Wait a second, this is this is pretty fucked up." This this what are we talking about here? It was all considered kind of, you know, well this is a plan. This is a workable plan. Anyways, and then you go all the way back to, like, the USS Maine, which blew up, and then I think that started the, what, Spanish-American War? Anyways, a long tradition of these things. So, you have to ask yourself, okay, was that footage real? Was that staged? Uh, even if it was real, is that actually footage from that actual place and that time that this attack actually took place? There's a certain level where we've already progressed past that, so I'm willing to say yes, they really are. They really are bodies. They really were poisoned with sarin gas. You know, fair enough. Like that's, I'm willing to accept that. But there are people saying that the whole thing was a hoax. Hashtag Syria gas hoax, whatever. So, there's the first unanswered question that I've found a satisfactory answer to for myself. I understand I might not be satisfactory to everybody else. Two, did. Assad order the attack. Now, this is where we start to go off the rails here. And it's so infuriating because I kept waiting for something to come out and clarify this, and it really hasn't. So the idea here is that our narrative is Assad, and we have uh, allegedly have tracked a plane on radar that left from the Shirat uh, airbase and flew over this uh, area where the attack happened at, at the same time, allegedly, that the attack happened. So we go, and then it flew back. So you go, okay, it was a Syrian airplane, it flew over the target, and then there was a gas attack, and it flew back. You know, that's a bit of evidence, but, you know, what what else is going on here? Other people are claiming that it was the, the rebels, the opposition to Assad, that they either, they, they, they planted something to blow up at that time or they, you know, intentionally gas attacked these people so that it would and then filmed it and everything so that it would be a pretext for an escalation on the part of, say, the United States. Right. So that's basically exactly what happened. So that sounds kind of convenient if if that's the case. Right. Epistemological black hole here. Now, you've got our claim that, you know, Assad is the one with with the chemical weapons gassing his own people. And if that's true, then that's a war, crazy war crime. He has to be reined in before he starts just gassing more people, whatever, escalating the civil war rather than de-escalating it. Hmm. It's crazy, okay? You can't find a... I can't find a clear answer about these things. Uh, there's no real confirmation either way about where the sarin gas came from, when it was actually exactly detonated, and how it was detonated. It's just kind of the fog of war and they're in a war zone so it's not like you can just send some inspectors in to like go check it out right um but anyways the, so this idea that Assad would have used the chemical weapons on his own people is another issue because 
they're, they were the, so the rebels have been kind of having a tough time of it as of the last year or so. And they were kind of trying to make a bid for peace, right? And that bid for peace is is sort of an act of desperation is how it's looking or is how, how it's portrayed by, say, Assad's government. I really hope you're not getting lost in all this. Anyways, the idea that he would use chemical weapons on his own people during this period where it might be they might be resolving the conflict goes against his best interests. However, the narrative that was spun even a week before the gas attack was that uh, the Trump administration openly was not trying to seek regime change in Syria. They were not trying to depose Assad. So, they give him a little bit of slack, and he thinks, oh, they're not going to do anything. The U.S. isn't going to get involved. I can do whatever I want. I'm putting these rebels down. I'm going to gas this neighborhood. Also, having to kill children who live there. So you can see it both ways. And this is where it starts to get so fucking infuriating because it just goes it goes both ways. I can see both angles here. So if we stick with our narrative, though, that's the thing, is that, again, you know, Assad only controls, territory-wise, like 32% of, of Syria, 32% of the, the land. So that's not like an overwhelming, you know, amount of the territory. You know, he's not... Um, it's not like there's two small pockets of resistance or something. It's very much it's very much up in the air still. Or it would take a big push for them to reclaim the country, which is in many places just piles of rubble. Anyways. Um, so the thing was that the Russians are saying that, of course, Assad didn't do it. It was rebels. Other people are saying that that's ridiculous. And, of course, the Russians are saying, well, you guys are ridiculous and you're wagging the dog. No one knows. No one knows if the attack was actually carried out by Assad or if it was carried out by rebels. Uh, there it is, you know. <laughs> Shit. Um, so, let, let's see. So, move, moving on. Moving on. No one knows whether Assad actually ordered this attack. Three. Was the U.S. counterattack effective? Now, this is interesting because you're talking about Tomahawk missiles. They cost about a million dollars a piece, okay? In the press conference uh, from, what, yesterday, uh, Mad Dog Mattis said, you know, we destroyed 20% of their air force. Doesn't really make sense. He said he misspoke and that that's not really what he meant to say. Okay, either way, let's say we did a bunch of damage to it. What people were pointing out is stuff like, you know, why weren't the runways hit? You know, this is totally not even real, right? Why weren't the runways hit at all? And they, we showed the satellite imagery and everything. I, you know, we're not flying the Memphis Bell, you know? We're not flying the fucking Memphis Bell over this target like it's, you know, World War II and dropping tons of bombs. We don't spend a million dollars to put a crater in the middle of an airstrip. Because an airstrip, you just, it's easy to fix. We went for infrastructure, technology, you know, structures that housed equipment and everything else. Planes that were on the ground. 59 missiles. We said all of them hit. Here's the other, here's another thing. And then, you know, the Russians and Syrians are saying, oh, no, only like half of them hit. Well, where'd the other half go? 
did they get shot down by some kind of countermeasure that the Russians have there? But they're not, our government isn't telling us that. Or did they all just hit, you know? And, you know, we allegedly warned the Russians ahead of time so that they, so that none of their people were at the airbase and got killed because that would be more like an act of war. So we told them, but they didn't tell the Syrians and then they didn't evacuate this base. Like, I don't know. Like, you're trying to sort this out. It doesn't make any sense. And these narratives don't jive, right? They obviously have opposing uh, objectives with these different narratives. But they just don't. They're sometimes not even internally consistent. That's that's the problem. Um, so th- here's the other thing I thought of. So the was the attack effective? Well, what we see is we see uh, what could be stock footage of a missile launching from a Navy ship. We see uh, satellite before and after pictures of the base. So here's where the buildings are. And then here it is now where they're destroyed. The problem with that is, I mean, I can paint some rubble in Photoshop in five minutes. Like, I could take a, a, a satellite picture like that and then go to all the buildings and then make it look like it's a crater. <laughs> uh, so we don't actually know if those images are real and accurate and even if those buildings were occupied, and if they were occupied and had some things like sarin gas stockpiles in them, we don't know any of that. Like, we're just looking at pictures and video, and no one really knows, right? So again, epistemological black hole would just have this huge gap in our knowledge, and in that gap is all this spin room, this wiggle room, where... There are cons- there are full-on conspiracy theories. There are uh, just counter-narratives. There's people just not knowing specific facts. And then, you know, even in the course of the last few days, it's like more facts kind of come out. And it sort of becomes a little clearer. But some of these main things, like my four questions here, are I don't have satisfactory answers to. Like, I just saw a video today from RT where they were allegedly, uh, you know, at that airbase, Sherat Airbase, and they were flying planes out of it and planes allegedly were flying out of it like the next day so we didn't stop it from functioning maybe we hit sarin gas supplies but then mattis today in the in the press conference said that we didn't target where they had the chemical weapons because we didn't want the chemical weapons to you know explode and ignite and spread around or whatever and create a hazard because there is like a town nearby anyways can't sort this out and there's not enough information but unfortunately, I don't think a lot will. I think that these questions aren't really going to get asked because you're talking about grand geopolitical schemes and trickery going on between, you know, Syria, you know, Assad vying to stay in power uh, and, and hit the rebels with whatever he can. You got Russia trying to maintain Syria as like a, I don't know, a strategic thing, and I think they sell them weapons. You got us trying to, I guess make peace uh we would probably prefer that we sold them weapons i don't know i don't know what all the relationships are whether there's grander goals people have said stuff about you know uh, building oil pipelines or natural gas pipelines across syria and of course we can't do that if they're blowing the place up all the time Uh, there's claims that uh you know uh, iran has been involved in this revolution from the very beginning and unfortunately for the rebels uh they have apparently been infiltrated by al-qaeda so al-qaeda came out of iraq 
and they've infiltrated some of these rebel groups and kind of co-opted them. And so they're no longer the, they might, they might, it's like, again, it's so hard to sort this out. They may no longer be the freedom fighters that they were in, you know, 2011 or 2013, as far back as, you know, when they actually got organized and everything. Um, 2011, when it first started, the, were they real freedom fighters? And then, you know, they, they've been fighting to free their country from this dictator who killed his own citizens when they tried to protest uh, publicly. And then, are they now just terrorists? Are they now unreasonable? Right? And this goes back to the last episode. Like, how do you find peace in all of this? You know, are, are these people, are these patriots who just want to, uh, you know, remove Assad and, you know, pose, you know, hold their borders and have a free Syria and they, they love their country and they love their people and they just, they just want peace too? Or are these people who are going to keep fighting and maybe get into power and start genociding the other side? Or is Assad going to say, fuck it, and just start mass murdering anybody that stands in his way? It's sort of, it could go that way, right? It could definitely go that way. Now, round and round, all this stuff, I hope that this is all making sense to you. So the fourth question. How is, how is Russia going to respond to all this? Because Russia has been the thorn in the side of the of putting pressure on Assad to step down. Uh, we are funding rebels on the other side and, and giving them arms. Some of them apparently are mass murderers or just crazy terrorists. Didn't really work out too well. Some people blame John McCain. Whatever. People are blaming Obama. People are blaming everybody. But anyways, how will Russia respond? Because it's kind of it's kind of implied anyway and this i think this attack this missile strike took a lot of people by surprise i mean i was just minding my business and looking at my twitter and one minute it was i don't know whatever pepsi ad nonsense whatever and then boom oh shit i think we're at war with syria right but were the russians surprised and if they were surprised how are they going to react? And if there's a lot of international pressure, like the narrative sticks, the narrative holds, maybe it's proven true, but it doesn't necessarily have to be proven true. It just has to hold enough for now that Assad did it. Okay. And if Assad did it, does that mean that the Russians knew he was going to do it, which would then make them complicit in a war crime? Or... Or they, did they not know that Assad did it? In which case, he's a rogue ally. It will look very bad for them, especially since they're a permanent member of the UN Security Council, to, uh, to keep propping up this guy if he either, you know, either they were colluding with him or they didn't know that he was going to gas his own people. Okay? So you have to see how Russia responds, and we're kind of slowly seeing different they're sort of wiggling a little bit. A uh, little press conference with uh, with T-Rex, uh, Rex Tillerson. And there's a certain point where it can actually be in their best interest to walk away. You know, they can kind of save face 
they can they can say, well, we're done with Syria. They still have all other interests and everything else, and they just say, well, that guy's a bad guy. We're done with him. And they get to save face. Assad steps down. Maybe it ends a civil war. The whole thing kind of comes together, right? And then we get about the business of wiping out these ISIS scumbags. Now, all these questions and more have been asked by me right now, and I don't have any answers to these. And people who, the, the people who I think are claiming really definitive answers are full of shit because I've looked. <laughs> I've really looked, and I've found a just a dribble of information coming out, just a, a smattering. And it's all couched in narratives. It's all, you know, Assad's evil and he did it. Uh, no, this is the U.S. wagging the dog, as they say. Uh, there's no real way to sort this out. And these are my four questions. Uh, I, I know there are more more specific questions, there are maybe broader questions, but these are the four questions that I wanted to have an answer to to decide how I feel about this missile strike, right? Like, how do I actually feel about this? Is this a good thing? What's our goal here? Is this going to expand? Are we going to do a ground invasion? Uh, are we going to try to assassinate Assad? Are we trying to have regime change? Or was this literally just... They used chemical weapons on their own people, war crime, whatever, uh, violated conventions, and then we struck the airbase that had the weapons in it. And even the Russians will go, yeah, it's understandable. Right? Is, is it all cool that we did that? And the only person pissed off is Assad? It just seems so strange, right? It just, it just, just doesn't seem like how diplomacy works and doesn't seem like how you fight a war so we're not at war but it's like weird kind of uh, gunpoint diplomacy i don't know i don't know maybe this is just trump government maybe this is mad dog mattis as secretary of, De of, of defense who knows who knows oh, it's gonna be interesting though we got a fleet approaching north korea north korea is gonna set off another nuke probably i don't know i think it's any minute now Maybe they have already, and I'm just not looking at it. We might have to go to war with North Korea or something, but China's apparently backing us on it this time. I don't know. Everything's so crazy. Uh, but I actually feel kind of optimistic about everything. I really do. Uh, shaking things up a little bit. I mean, look at all, all this attention and everything that went. It was the first time we really struck Assad's forces in Syria, and he's at least part of the problem, you know. Al-Qaeda infiltrated rebels aside, Assad is part of the problem. So we need to, I mean, I'm asking people, this goes back to the Facebook fake news thing, asking people, do your due diligence. Read the stories that you think are false, that are contrary to what you already think, and consider the source. Yeah, RT is Russia Today they're going to have a pro-Russian slant. But is that any different than our news, right? You start diving into this epistemological rabbit hole and shit starts getting weird because you have to be able to sort out what is real news and fake news. And right now, there's so many vested interests in keeping it confusing, right? Like keeping it, uh, keeping it uncertain. 
Everyone's trying to unbalance everyone else and influence public opinion. I don't I don't necessarily have an answer to it. It's it's kind of whatever you ultimately decide on. And that can come from all kinds of different reasons. Maybe you were in the military and you know how the military really works. So that makes your opinion fall fall one way. Maybe you've been to Syria and you're like, oh yeah, I was there and it's not like that. It's like this. All that stuff is going to inform your opinion. Most people are just reading news stories and uh, and seeing pictures. And it's creating an entire narrative and we then act on that narrative. So far we just maybe blew up some equipment and killed a few Syrian troops that might have been complicit in a in a war crime is it going to escalate is russia going to escalate is, is syria going to you know i'm not saying syria could strike back but i'm saying th- this all is going to continue moving forward and this is now the foundation for all of this activity right americans are supposed to be informed and as we saw through the whole presidential campaign this last year and everything I don't really trust a lot of these news outlets to actually tell us information anymore. I think they're all pushing an agenda. They're all pushing a line, um, some kind of ideological agenda. And you can't trust the narrative that they're pushing. So as with the fake news thing, it's up to you to do your due diligence and know that what you're talking about is grounded in facts. Okay? I would love for you to do that for me. Help me out with that. Kyle Style Podcast. Thanks for listening. Head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design. Pick up some of my original artwork before, you know, we hit World War Three any minute now. And, or head over to the GoFundMe page. Throw me a couple of dollars. I really appreciate it. I did a little bit of confusing homework for you here. I hope you're less confused than you were, but I can't guarantee that because this is all about being confused. All right. Anyways, thanks for listening. Kyle Style Podcast, out.